Hey friend, this is Shelby, host of the Resilient Podcast. I believe that every woman should have what she needs to feel confident. Each experience looks different, but that doesn't mean we have to be alone. What if as women, we came together and had real conversations that strengthened each other to go deeper with God and go further in life? I don't know about you, but that's what I'm here for. Let's do this together. Hello, welcome back to the Resilient Podcast. This is Shelby Mossman, and I'm here with the first guest that we've had in a while. Um, like the last several podcast episodes have been just me. And while I'm sure that that has been great for all of you guys, I know that you guys enjoy having uh, guests as well. And I love it too. I love having different opinions and just different experiences brought to this, to this space and that other people can Ex like share their life experience and how they've grown with God and and just impart that to you guys who are listening. So today we have with us Molly Wilcox. Hi, Molly. Hey, Shelby. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. We're so excited to have you with us today. Um, I connected with Molly through social media and I've been following her for a while now and just have enjoyed uh, her content that she offers um, really around the subject of like well, so much, but spending time with God and like how to grow in your relationship with God and navigate um, your quiet time or your personal time with him. And I've really enjoyed seeing that. But a little bit about Molly before we get started, and then I'll have her share a little bit too. Um, but she, uh, she's based out of Nashville and she's a writer and she'll share more about that and kind of what that looks like. But she has put together different devotional materials. Uh, she's also a partner of Bible Gateway. If you guys are familiar with that, that's a, like a, a large resource. Um, and she's passionate about Jesus and just helping others get to know him and know what to do in their time spent with him. And so, um, yeah, I've just enjoyed her content. And so I wanted to have her for a podcast to unpack a little bit more about that. Um, and how that can how that can strengthen each of our walks with God. And so, Molly, we're so glad to have you. Um, but I would love to have you just share a little bit more about yourself. So um, some things about your life, maybe where you are, like what you do. And um, like, I know you're married, but just share maybe a little about your husband and kind of what your life looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again so much for having me. This is so fun. Um, like you said, I'm based in Nashville and I mainly write Bible and devotional content, a little bit of Bible study content, and like some Christian lifestyle content. So I send out a weekly newsletter, and that usually has a Devo, and then also like a Christian lifestyle blog. Um, and then I'm also working on my first book, so that should be coming out this year. And then oh, I am, amazing. yeah, thank you. I'm super excited. Um, and then, yeah, I'm married. My husband and I are very different. I am the creative, and he is numbers all the way. So I always say <laughs> he is like finance obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> so we both cover like very different sides of the brain, if you will. Yeah, kind of bring some balance to each other, maybe. For sure. Um, yes. Awesome. And then we have a mini golden doodle puppy and she is just all energy all the time. So we That's love that. Awesome. How long have you guys been married? We've been married for like three and a half years now. So, oh, that's awesome. And did you like, where did you meet? I'd love to hear a little bit about that too. Yeah, absolutely. So, we met in school. Um, we actually met the first in our first class, first day of our freshman year. And so, oh, wow. it was literally, <laughs> yeah, literally that couple. It was biblical literature one. So, there wow, you go. <laughs> quite the place to meet. Yourself. I know. 
I know. And I remember meeting him too, which is funny because we didn't start dating for a little bit, but I vividly remember meeting him because he was late to class because he (laughs) was homeschooled and he did not know that was the first time he was going to a class ever. So he did not know how to find the building that it was in or the classroom number. Wow. (laughs) That would be quite an experience. My husband was also homeschooled and, and so the first time would have been for him in college as well. And I, I like to tease him about that. Although I do find homeschoolers are really intelligent. And so I can tease him about being homeschooled or like say, Oh, are you socially awkward? But really like it kind of backfires on me because he's smarter than I am. So, (laughs) (laughs) right. And I thought he was such a bad boy, like showing up late to his first class, but really he was just lost. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, Oh, not quite a bad boy. Just didn't know where to go. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's awesome. Very cool. Um, yeah. So we today are going to be discussing the topic of structuring your time with God or um, everyone kind of refers to it differently, whether you call it your devotions or spending time with God or quiet time, just like that time that we set apart to be with the Lord. Um So that's kind of the overarching theme of today. And some of it is going to be just heart, but some of it's practical, uh, like hopefully things that you ladies who are listening can implement into your life. Um, But Molly, I'd love to have you share a little bit about what made you passionate about this topic, about like spending time with God and maybe your journey in that and what brought you to like writing content about that and helping other people get established in their walk with God and, and, and how they spend time with him. So I'd love to have you just unpack a little bit about why like that's on your heart. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a funny thing because I feel like um, it's one of those things that God made happen. I never would have imagined that this is what I would be doing now. So it's pretty cool. But I became a Christian like middle school age. And so I didn't have a lot of context on how to read the Bible. My parents didn't regularly read the Bible. Um, I didn't grow in like a grow up in a Christian home where people were reading the Bible. But when I became a Christian, I heard what a lot of us hear a lot, which is how do you grow? Oh, you pray and you read your Bible. And yeah. I was like, well, how? Like, how do you read your Bible? Because mm-hmm. I kept hearing all these people say they read their Bible, and I knew people who were mature in their faith were having like consistent time with God, but I didn't know what that looked like. And I felt like no one was showing me how. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started taking that seriously, and it was years later because I was, I assumed for a while that people just lied. I was like, there's no <laughs> way people are doing this. <laughs> you just say this is important, but nobody actually does it. I was like, how? I don't understand. Um, yeah. So I really didn't think people actually were doing it. And then mm-hmm. I realized that people did have like these deep relationships with God and that it did often stem from scripture. And so I was like, mm-hmm. how do I become that person? So I did what, you know, you would logically do, which is get a Bible and open up in Genesis and start reading mm-hmm. cover to cover. Wow. Didn't ever make it. Did not ever make it through. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that would be a challenge for sure. Yeah. And I thought that that's what people would do just because that's how I'd read any book, but that didn't yeah. work. Um, mm-hmm. So then fast forward a little bit and I went to a Christian university and I started taking Bible classes and I started taking like Christian ministry classes. And one of my professors was really passionate about scripture engagement because mm-hmm. there is like a collaboration between the university I went to and Bible Gateway. And so they had some scripture engagement content they were working on. And um, for whatever reason, I guess I stood out to him in class and he thought I would be a good fit. So he hired me part-time to work on this content. And that was really when I learned how to read the Bible for the first time because I was like studying this and producing content around the subject. And I was like, oh, like this is how people do it. Um, So those practices 
you can find online on Bible Gateway and there's tons of them, but a lot of the main ones are like meditating on scripture and different methods like that. And for me, that helped me really connect with these words that before I didn't know what they meant or how they were supposed to like actually impact me. Um, And pretty soon it went from obligation, like trying to read the Bible just because it was something that I thought I had to do to Mm -hmm. really wanting to read the Bible and seeing an actual transformation in my life. And so learning those tools, I was like, wow, like I actually read my Bible every day now. I am Mm -hmm. hungry for the word of God. And that was something that I thought was like a myth before. (laughs) But I'm like, wow, I'm actually hungry for the word of God. I feel fed when I'm reading it. Um, I'm excited about it. I want to talk about it. And I really am encountering God. And so when I saw that transformation in myself, I was like, how many other people are out there just doing this as like a guessing game and don't know how Mm -hmm. to read the word. Um, So for me, it became a passion. I started my blog and everything. And I was like, I just Mm want to help as many people as possible actually understand that they can encounter God every day. Hmm. Wow, that's incredible. And I think that's so important. That's honestly why we're doing this episode, because so many women have vocalized that they feel in that position in some way that they're like, oh, I don't know what to do like I feel this pressure, like even it it doesn't have to even be from others, but from myself to get in the word or to be with God. But I don't actually know what I should do once I get there. And I think too, like as a, as the body of Christ, we typically tell people or we are told like, like motivational speeches about like reading your Bible and praying, but we're not given a lot of the practical of like you're saying, like tools to make that tangible and to really change our lives. And it's one thing to read the Bible and it's another thing to like, let it transform your life. Right. And so that's so, so powerful because it, it that's exactly why we want to talk about this is to make this accessible to women and to give them tools, um, even from your experience, um, but even link them to more tools to be able to do this for themselves and to feel that like what you're sharing, uh, that transformation in their own life and that hunger. Like so many women have told me, like, I want to hunger. Like, I don't want to just do it out of duty and obligation. I want to hunger and I want to want to read my Bible, but I don't. And I don't know how to get there. So yeah, I just love that that is your experience because that is just so tangible and so many people can relate to that. Um, But yeah, I'd love to just even ask, um, like in that, some of the heart behind it, why is it so important to spend time with God each day? Like, why is that something that we should value? Because we are told that we should, but sometimes we're not even told why we should like what is the value that you have found um or the heart behind why it's important to get in that time in the word or with god in prayer um or in meditation and and using those different tools yeah um it's such a good question even to just like reflect on personally and be like why is it important to me right because we're told Mm -hmm. that it's important um and we're told that that's how we'll be transformed but it's kind of a good reflection question even to be like okay why am i making this a priority or if i'm not why am i not um but for me it comes down to like i mean the simple like bottom line is just to know god like i just want to know god and i'm like this is the tool that he gave us to know him and so i want to know it like i'm always like when i talk to people who memorize scripture and can just recite it i'm always like man i want to be like that person so i'm like that means i have to read the bible more you know yeah. to become familiar with it so i think the main reasons for me um is like the bible tells us who god is so it reveals to us his personality his character Um, his wisdom. We kind of get revelation into what he would do in certain situations. We can bring his ideas and insights to the world. 
And mm-hmm. the Bible tells us who we are. So I need that reminder every day because I'm so quick to forget my identity in Christ. So that's yeah. found throughout scripture. So we need to be reminded of who we are. And then the Bible brings clarity to our lives. So I always think of um, in the Psalms when it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Mm-hmm. It truly is. And so if you're confused, then like that's clarity. Like that's mm-hmm. where the clarity is. So go look for it, you know? Um, And then also it reveals to us who Jesus was. And so Mm -hmm. it shows us the ways of Jesus. It shows us how he talked and how he walked. And as followers of Jesus, we want to know those things that we can emulate them in our lives. Mm, That's so good. Yeah, I think that summarizes it really well. Like obviously there's so much more that you could go down and talk about, but that really does is like knowing God, knowing ourselves and who we are, who we're called to be our identity in Christ and then clarity. Like those three points are so helpful because I think that's what we long for at our core as well. Like we wouldn't be Christians if that's not what we longed for. You know, that is the cry of our heart. That's how God created us. uh, And like he knit those desires into us. And so spending time with him is the answer to to that. And I love that. So good. Um, And like we kind of just mentioned, many women find it very difficult to find time or prioritize. Like when I asked people um, like on my resilient uh, social media page, I asked people, what was like the biggest barrier for you in spending time with God? Um, Because most people said that they had a hard time spending time with God. So what was the major barrier? The highest answer was, I, I struggle to tr- like make the time or prioritize it. Do you, have you found anything that is helpful to make this a part of like your daily life and routine that you are able to get in the word every day, or you're able to set aside time to be with God? How have you, how have you find, found that to work? Yeah. I mean, I totally resonate with that struggle too. Um, I feel like just the fast paced nature of our culture makes it really difficult. And then also as women, I think a lot of us wear a lot of different hats and there's a lot of different demands on us. And so we get distracted by things that seem urgent, but maybe aren't. And then we're not able to prioritize what's really important. So totally resonate with that. And for anyone (laughs) listening, you are not alone. (laughs) I totally get it. Um, But yeah, I've found a couple different things have been really helpful for me and being consistent and making it a priority. I think one is accountability. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially if you're someone who, you know, if someone else is going to ask you, like, did you spend time with the Lord today? Like if that's going to motivate you, I would definitely have an accountability partner or just tell a Mm -hmm. friend like, Hey, this is what I'm going to make my goal this week. Um, Or maybe if it's like, getting up early or something, have someone text you and be like, Hey, are you up? Um, Mm -hmm. or something like that. Just inviting some more accountability into your life. Um, also a good habit tip just in general is to make it as easy as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. and so just that's human nature. We'll always choose the easiest thing. And so just to make it easy for yourself is honestly one of my best tips. So, um, whether that's what time of day you choose to spend time with God, Um, whether that's how, like maybe you're someone who needs to be listening to a podcast or listening to an Mm -hmm. audio Bible while you're doing laundry, or Mm -hmm. maybe you really do have time to like sit down and read. What does that look like? 
Um, pick a translation that appeals to you. Pick a tool that works well. Just whatever you can do to like make it as easy as possible. Maybe you're really motivated by beautiful things. I've mentioned that a lot because I love a pretty mm-hmm. Bible. Like if yeah. it's hard for you to read and you don't like the font, you're not going to read it. So yeah. buy a pretty Bible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of simple things like that. And then also like to think through like, how do you succeed? Because we're all individuals, right? And we all have different personalities and God knows that. And so think about how you've succeeded in other areas in your life. Like, what are you consistent at doing? Um, Maybe that's your morning coffee. For me, it for sure is. I will never skip my morning coffee. And so that's when I have my quiet time (laughs) because I'm like, if I'm drinking my coffee, that's a cue to my brain that I should be reading my Bible too. Mm -hmm. So it's really good to pair it with another habit that you're consistent at, or maybe and you want to have like a reward system with yourself. Maybe you're super motivated by checking off boxes and you need to make yourself like a little reading plan. I love a color-coded to-do list. So maybe <laughs> that's what you need. I don't know. Um, yeah. but I would think about how you succeed in other areas of your life too, and then see how you can apply it to quiet time mm-hmm. or time with the Lord. Um, yeah. That's so good. I think that's such an important part of the conversation, like just voicing the fact that we are all wired differently, because I think we can look at like a certain model and go, oh, that is the answer. And if I don't do that, then I've failed. And I think it's like, well, no, God created us different. So obviously what works for one person is probably not going to work for everybody. And um, that's something that I've had to come to terms with even in in my structure and being a mom now, because I have like a almost three-year-old daughter. And that was a big jump for me because to me, success was getting up in the morning and doing it early. And like before I went to work and that just looks so much different now being a mom. And so I had to find like, okay, where can I fit this into my new schedule and my new time? And a big thing that worked for me was like you said, like I put on the Bible, like reading the Bible in a year, like listening to it on a walk because it it actually did help me engage with God. And then I would just speak to him after that episode was over and pray and, and talk to him. And it was like, oh, I can actually do that. And she's happy because she's sitting in the stroller. We're going for a walk, but it looked so different than like, I never would have done that before. And so I love that you vocalized that there are different ways to do it and finding like, what is success to you? And like, how have you found success in other ways? Because I've never thought of it that way. And I've just done it for the first time in my life this year going like, okay, how do I make this work? Um, so yeah, I think that's super, like such a helpful way to look at it. It's like, okay, where, do, where does this, like, what would this look like in my own life? Right. And it's so funny because once you get it into your daily routine, then it actually becomes more difficult to get out of it. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, yeah, you're so used to, like you said, your coffee triggers the fact that like, oh, I should be reading my Bible. <laughs> right. Like both hand in hand. I love that. Awesome. Um, so then another uh, another thing that women vo- vocalized was that they want to spend longer amounts of time with God. So it was like, first of all, the biggest issue was prioritizing it. The second one that I saw a lot of people give feedback on was just like, I sit down to read my Bible or to spend time with God and I get through five minutes when I want to spend an hour and I'm bored or I'm distracted or I don't know what to do anymore. And I'm like, okay, how, like, when am I going to be done with this? Like, and, and they don't want to, like at their heart, in their heart, they want to go longer and they maybe even have set aside time to go longer. So do you know anything that can kind of help people with 
getting away from distractions or just even being able to like lengthen that time that they spend with God if they're wanting to push further in that? Yeah. Um, it's so interesting because I feel like distraction and boredom seem really similar, but they kind of are a little bit different, mm-hmm. or at least I kind of see them that way. So first yeah. with distraction, I would say um, you have to kind of recognize what it is. Like what is the distraction? What's the thing that's pulling you away? And mm-hmm. I've been through this. And so for me, it's my phone. And I was noticing that even though I was setting a ta- aside space and I was ready to listen and pray and read the word, I was consistently reaching for my phone. Even if it was in another room, I would go and check it. And so I was like, oh, wow, I don't really want every morning to have this time set aside for God that's consistently getting eaten away by notifications. So mm-hmm. I started turning my phone off, actually. And I know, so crazy. <laughs> Countercultural. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I know, wild, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started turning it off at night. And now I actually won't turn my phone on again the next day until I've spent time with the Lord. And wow. so it's been a super That's great, a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's worked really well for me. There's definitely some sacrifices. Um, it can't be my alarm, things like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's been so worth it because that for a few weeks, it was like, okay, this is actually really challenging because I would still want to mm-hmm. go and check my phone. But just having it off was like, I couldn't, you know, Yeah, you have to so physically for- power it on. And you're like, knowingly doing that. (laughs) Right. So it created enough resistance for me that I was able to then break the habit. And so now I can have my phone on more than I did in the past. Um, but I still don't check it because I just know Mm -hmm. I'm spending time with God. I'm not distracted by that anymore. So I think with distraction, it's first figuring out in kind of evaluating what is distracting you. And it might even be your own thoughts or something. And so if that's the case, maybe it's learning different practices like breath prayers or sitting in silence for a few minutes, um, things like that. And yeah, so that would be kind of my question, I guess, would be what is the distraction and then figuring out a way to like work around it. Um, and then with boredom, I feel like that's a little bit different because you have the time and the space and maybe nothing else is demanding your attention, but you're just not able to like sit in that moment long. Um, so for that, I would say be willing to try new things. I would try some different approaches because maybe if you're getting bored, I mean, God is not boring. And so (laughs) if you're getting bored, maybe it's because you've been reading the same Bible since you were a kid and you need to try a different Mm -hmm. translation so that it sounds new and fresh to you. Or maybe um, it just, the way that you're reading the Bible just feels boring and mundane. So maybe you do need to go on a walk and listen to the Bible or try something different or something that might even feel awkward or unfamiliar at first. I love reading scripture out loud, even when I'm by myself, because there's just like so much power to it. And it also makes me slow down. So I always recommend reading out loud um, because that will often different things will stand out to you about the way it sounds. Um, So yeah, maybe trying something different. And then as far as like lengthening the time, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I do have a suggestion for this, but also with a cat, like a little caveat, um, because I think if you're wondering like if those five minutes are less valuable than an hour, then there's something that's maybe needs to be a mindset shift there, I guess, because mm-hmm. I think sometimes like you're maybe the Holy Spirit can do something really profound in five minutes. So mm-hmm. to people listening, five minutes is enough. And I mm-hmm. think that God sees that sacrifice and that's a really beautiful thing. So it's okay if it's five minutes versus an hour. And um, I think there's a lot yeah. of 
pressure maybe to have like this picture perfect quiet time that we see on Pinterest and it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be that. Um, but if you are really hoping to kind of lengthen that time, I Mm -hmm. would actually try setting a timer. So when I first started spending more significant, significant time trying to like listen to God, I'm the kind of person who hates quiet, like absolutely hate it. (laughs) Always have something on in the background. And so I would set a timer even just for five minutes and be like, Mm -hmm. okay, God, I'm going to be still in your presence until this five minutes is up. And I'm going to just try and like not think about anything but you and who you are um, and just be still. And so I would do that. And by like, you know, after a couple of weeks or a couple of days, even it would be like, wow, that five minutes went by so fast. But in mm. the beginning, it's like, oh, that felt like forever, forever. Yeah. So long to be quiet for five minutes. Um, totally. But then you can kind of continue to increase that amount of time. So I would start small, honestly. And then when, mm. once that feels like a shorter amount of time, then you can continue to kind of speed up. And then also give yourself permission for it to be shorter, honestly, because mm-hmm. I feel like our world is just so fast paced and full of distractions all the time that being still and being quiet for five minutes can be a big deal. Yeah. There's significance in any amount of time. Right. And I always like remind myself God is outside of time too. So we have to mm-hmm. kind of keep that in mind, even in our own time meeting with him because he he doesn't even work within time so it's kind of a little mind bender for you but it's true he's not like setting the clock like okay you started at this time oh that's it okay i guess that's all we got today like <laughs> that's so true he's so outside of that which is very important to like be reminded of i love that that's very right. very wise and just like so helpful in recentering like it, yeah sometimes it's like it's important to increase that time as well, but it it also is like, what's the heart behind it? What's the motivation? Is it out of a place of guilt or shame? Or is it out of a place of like, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit prompting me to, right. to go further with him? Right. I think that's really important to evaluate. I feel like God would rather have your five minutes when they're sacrificial and out of the right heart of being like focused and intent on like getting to know him more. He'd rather have the five minutes than an hour of obligation. Mm, that's so true. That is so true. <laughs> and that actually leads us like kind of right into our next question, which is just like, how do we shift our mindset away um, from like guilt and shame um, about like not spending enough time with God? Because I think, again, we are we feel that pressure of like, even with ourselves, not even heaped on by others. Like there might be some of that pressure from others, but a lot of times with ourselves, we're disappointed in ourselves or, oh, I didn't spend enough time or I was distracted for a few minutes of my time or all of that. But then also just like moving away from that obligation mindset to like, oh no, I like, I long for this. I desire to spend time with God. I'm hungry for his word. Like I want to be with him. Uh, What have you found to be effective in kind of shifting away from that guilt and obligation into um, like thriving and, and hunger and desire. Yeah. I love talking about this because I do feel like it's such an important shift. Um, 
I think this goes back to what we were talking about a little bit with God making us all individuals. Because when Mm -hmm. I first got really serious about reading the Bible, I was often watching other people and kind of doing like a monkey see, monkey do thing where I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. let me see what other people are doing and what's working for them and try it. Um, But I had to recognize that it's kind of like trying on clothes or something, like what fits someone else might not fit me. um, And it might not be my style. And that's okay, Mm -hmm. because God made me as a unique individual. And there's so much freedom in that. So just finding freedom and knowing the way I relate to God is always going to be different than the way that other people relate to God. And we can learn Mm -hmm. so much from each other that way, which is why we have the body. And so it's really cool how God created that. But um, for a quiet time, it's whatever structure works for you is the structure that's going to work for you. And that's between you and the Lord. And so there's so much freedom in that. And then I'm always reminded too that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So if God's mm-hmm. freedom, he doesn't want it to feel like something where it's like, it's super like mundane and it's this task and it's boring. Like he doesn't want that. And so yeah. I think just giving yourself permission to experiment with God and figure out what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that it'll look different in different seasons too, like how you're talking mm-hmm. about adjusting and how that looks so different in your new season. I think yeah. sometimes we're like, man, like this has worked for five years. Like, why isn't it working anymore? And it mm-hmm. brings up frustration. Um, but <laughs> you know, it's okay to be seasonal with our time with God too. Cause he knows mm-hmm. that he created the world with seasons. So it's okay yeah. to kind of adjust and change. And I think we should, Um, Because often the spirit is doing a new thing when we start to get frustrated with the old things. So that's when we can kind of take those cues and go kind of with that flow and figure out, you know, okay, that's not working anymore. That is boring now, or I'm, Mm. you know, not feeling great about that. So it's time to maybe try something new. Mm. No, that's really good. Um, Yeah. And being, giving yourself permission to go like, this is, this can be seasonal. And it that sometimes the mundane actually needs to be shifted in action, not just in like, oh, well, I feel dry. I think a lot of times we think like, oh, I'm just spiritually dry because what I used to get so much revelation from now I do the same thing and I'm not. But like you're saying, it it could be just the Holy Spirit prompting you like, hey, I'm doing a new thing and you need to adjust too, because he yeah, he's not going to just do it all the same all the time. And so. I think we get comfortable (laughs) and it's actually okay to go like, oh, maybe the mundane is not that God has like pulled away from you, quote unquote, or um, you're dry or all those different things that we tend to label it. But maybe it's actually like a challenge to go a different direction with God. Right. I like to look at my time with God too, almost as like an offering. And so Mm -hmm. in different seasons, we offer different things. But what it's like how God doesn't look at um, outward appearances, right? He looks at your heart. So he knows your heart. And so if all you can offer is like a short amount of time, there's freedom in that because God knows how much that was, like how much of a sacrifice Mm -hmm. that was, if that makes sense. Um, So I like to kind of think of it as an offering too. And even just with, you know, your energy level, like how much can I offer today? You know, because it's like, obviously we want to like just pour out everything we can to the Lord. And he sees that as a beautiful sacrifice. Mm, That's so good. Yes. Um, And then with that, um, do you have any specific tools? Because like you talk about several times you've mentioned just like trying different approaches or different tools. I think that most women don't know 
well, not even just women, most people, most Christians, like even myself, I'm like, I have like my little list of things that I do. And outside of that, I don't know what else, you know, and, and you can get into a rut where you just think of like, well, this is what I've practically always done. So do you have different tools that you could even maybe give us some examples of, or um, some different approaches that you have found to be successful that might just trigger people to think like outside the box of what is their norm for spending time with God? Yeah, I love, I love it. There's so many different things. Like I mentioned, um, reading out loud, that's been super helpful Mm -hmm. to me in the past. I think it's so important to pray. So I like to pray before I read scripture. I like to pray in response to scripture. I like to pray the scripture. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's really fun. (laughs) Maybe this is me just being a nerd, but I think it's really Mm -hmm. fun to try and pray um, scripture passages that aren't traditionally prayed. So not necessarily a Mm -hmm. psalm or something, but something from the Old Testament or something that's kind of a challenge. I like to see what's going on in the passage and what is God doing Mm -hmm. here and then try and turn it into a prayer and respond in prayer, whether that's for my community or for my church or for my family. Um, I love journaling scripture. I think it's cool Mm -hmm. to journal in response. And I also think it's just a powerful practice to actually have it in your hand. Um, Mm -hmm. The hand copying scripture is something that I always recommend too. I think that's a Mm -hmm. great one to start with because it's not super intimidating, you know, to just like, if you don't know where to go with the word of God, just to write it down for yourself is a great Mm -hmm. place to start because whether it's just one word that stood out to you or it's a phrase, um, just having it actually like put on paper through your hand is so powerful. And then you're able to look back on it. Um, and also it makes you slow down. So if you're actually hand copying like a bigger passage, it's nice to actually have to like slow down and focus on the words. So for someone who's struggling with distraction, that's a really good one too. I mm. love doing that when I'm like, man, I'm just not focusing on this. It's good to either yeah. read it out loud or write it out. Cause then it's like, you have to actually comprehend what you're putting <laughs> down on the page. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and then also always recommend to talk about the Bible. So something that helps me a lot especially coming from the like childhood I had, not really knowing scripture. I love talking about the Bible and that's a super mm-hmm. powerful thing because obviously it's great for evangelism, but it yeah. was also really helpful for me, just like how when you study for a test, they say you have to be able to teach someone else. Yeah. I love having to actually put like God's word in my own words. So trying to Mm. figure out what did this mean and what did it say and how would I tell someone else about this? So I would Mm -hmm. do that with my husband and I would just say, you know, like I read this today and this is what happened and this is what it made me think about because it kind of forces you to make connections and like think about it deeper. Um, So yeah, doing that with a friend or something would also be fun and like a good accountability tool if you wanted to be like, let's read the both, (laughs) let's both read the same thing and then try and tell each other what happened. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that that is super helpful. Just different those several of those. I'm like, oh yeah, I've never thought of that. I've never tried that. So that will be really awesome to kind of try some different things and and just even like, yeah, see a new experience. And I'm sure like it's so cool because God is so good to meet us in those places, you know, as we come to him. I just picture like my two and a half year old daughter coming to me like with 
different things that she's trying and I'm going to be so pleased with whatever she comes with. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, I would have preferred if you approached me this way or, you know, it's like, no, like if she's coming to me, um, wanting to spend time with me and wanting to grow close to me, I'm going to be happy with however she chooses to do that. And so I think just even being gracious with ourselves to recognize that and go like, oh, God treats us that way. He's so much more gentle than I think we give him credit for. <laughs> so true. Um, and then the next like couple questions I had put together, um, kind of we've touched on a little bit, but I don't know, you may have like some additional information to add so that I think I'll still just ask them anyway. But when you're, um, you're, when you're in a rut, you know, or like time where you don't feel as connected to God, do you find that there's any specific tips that you have for, um, like bringing new life or like bringing like refreshment to your walk with God? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it's so interesting because we tend to go towards what is familiar naturally. So this is a lot like what you mentioned as far as getting comfortable. So I think mm -hmm. that's something that we kind of have to fight against because when we feel like we're yeah. in a rut, it's probably because we're doing something that's so familiar and it's so second nature. And um, like we talked about before, maybe that really is just the spirit saying, hey, it's time to move on. Um, I've mm -hmm. heard it been said that God is a God of motion. And I love that mm -hmm. because I'm like, sometimes I don't feel like I'm in sync with God and it's because I'm not moving. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like I need to get going. Yeah. Um, but I would say maybe try try some new things. So maybe trying like a new meditative practice or maybe mm -hmm. asking friends because we are created so uniquely and differently. Mm -hmm. I love figuring out what are my friends doing and how are they relating to God because it's probably not what I would have first thought of. And yeah. so it's cool to try to see maybe what are other people doing. Like my husband is so intellectual, bless him. And so <laughs> the stuff that he comes up with when he reads scripture is so different from what I would come up with and the way he approaches God is so different. So it's cool to get a front row seat into his relationship with God and see, you know, yeah. oh, wow, like maybe I could learn from that, you know? So maybe mm -hmm. asking some friends, like, how do you spend your quiet time? How do you spend time with God and trying some new mm -hmm. things like that? Um, yeah. I also think just trying a new Bible study or trying something like a new translation can bring some fresh light mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. The word um, for me, I love reading multiple translations. So if I'm reading yeah. one passage, I love to see it in multiple translations just because mm -hmm. even if it's one word that's different, it can sometimes change the meaning a lot. So I yeah. feel like that's really cool because even though even though you've read the verse maybe a hundred times, it just sounds mm -hmm. so different in a different translation. So I think that's always that's a so fun cool. kind of new way to be like, get out of that dryness or out of that rut um, mm -hmm. now I've also found because I'm a creative and I'm a writer, I've noticed this about myself. Usually <laughs> what I'm avoiding is actually what I need. So, <laughs> so, so I would wonder if maybe you're avoiding a certain book of the Bible, maybe something seems intimidating to you. Maybe you avoid worship, like actually singing. Cause it's like, that's intimidating or something like that. That might be exactly where God wants you to be. And maybe it's a tool of the enemy that you know, you're feeling like that you just can't do that for whatever reason. So maybe getting past that mental block and trying to dig into whatever it is that maybe is like the last thing you would want to try. That might be actually exactly where God wants you. 
Yeah, no, that that's really very true. We, yeah, I find that in my own life too. I avoid things and then it's like, oh, maybe this is actually what God's asking me to or pushing me towards and I shouldn't be avoiding it. <laughs> yeah. But I also loved what you said about the different translations because I found that too. Um, for me, I grew up in, in the church and like as a Christian child, like, or just like my, my whole, like from childhood on. And I found then like with different translations, because I'd always read in like New King James or NIV, um, the same verse could like bring me to tears based on like just a different phrase and a verse that maybe I've memorized since childhood that I've known my whole life that I could recite to you so perfectly. Um, all of a sudden reading that same verse in a different way with different words, it was like, oh, it wrecked me. And I, I find that very often. And so I love bouncing back between different translations as well, because I find that to be just like, there's different ones that pierce my heart. But then also sometimes I want to go back to some of the more standard ones because they help me understand it like more practically. And so, yeah, that's such a, a good tool as well. Um, And then also like, do you have any, like, is there a good way to structure your time with God in regards to like praying, reading the Bible, waiting on God and listening for his, his voice, worshiping? Because like, there's kind of like a standard five or so things that we do is there a good way to structure that or something that you've found effective in like incorporating those all in different ways in one sitting in different sittings? Like how have you done that? Yeah. And I feel like it, again, it's important to mention just that we're all different. So what works for me yeah. might not work for the next person. Um, but I can definitely share what I've been doing and what I feel like is kind of what I found to work well. Um, so I love to just start with inviting the Holy Spirit to come and to speak to me. And so I want to just kind of get centered and make sure I feel like connected to God. So just acknowledging His presence is here because He dwells in us and acknowledging His Holy Spirit. Then I just kind of like to spend a quiet moment just being like, you know, centering and understanding yeah. that God is present. And then I usually will read the word. So I like to read a passage. I usually will read a smaller passage. Sometimes I'll read a couple different times. And then I like to just kind of notice what jumps off the page because I already invited the Holy Spirit here and I know he's speaking. And so I'm like, okay, I want to pay attention to what he's kind of directing my attention towards. So maybe mm -hmm. it's one word, maybe it's a phrase, maybe it's an insight, like you said, something that just kind of pierces your heart in a new way. And then mm -hmm. I'll pay attention to that. I usually will journal in response. I am a writer. So that's just something that's like second nature. To Natural. Me. So yeah. yeah. So that might not be everyone, but I love to journal. So I'll usually write down maybe that word. If it's one word that stood out to me, write down a phrase um, or I'll start to, you know, just write down my thoughts, like what I'm noticing about God. What does this say about God? What does this say about me? Um, what implications does it have towards the season that I'm in right now or maybe my community? Is there something that I feel like I'm called to pray about? And then I'll usually pray in response to the scripture. Sometimes I will write out my prayers and I love doing that just so that I can look back at them when God yeah. answers. It's so fun to flip through a journal and be like, wait a minute, I prayed that. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> yes, it's the best. So I'll do that. Um, sometimes I pray out loud especially if I'm having a tough time focusing or I feel like I'm getting distracted. I like to pray out loud um, or I'll just pray, you know, quietly in my head. And then I'll try and meditate on whatever truth that was like revealed to me. So maybe 
if I'm in the New Testament, I see something that's true about like the person of Jesus. And I want to just meditate on that truth and think about that for a few minutes. Or maybe, you know, I'm realizing something that I need to be praying for. So I want to reflect on like how I can remember to pray for that throughout the week. And then I usually will respond in worship. So I Mm. like to worship at the end of my quiet time because I feel like usually that's just kind of like the natural flow that I tend to have. But Mm -hmm. of course, you know, it's just kind of whatever works. But yeah, that's kind of what my general framework kind of looks like. And that's pretty much how my quiet time has been for a while now. Um, Mm -hmm. Although I'll sometimes use different tools. So sometimes I maybe Mm -hmm. will do like a full more like meditative practice, or maybe I'll try and memorize a part of scripture. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. That's really good. That's so helpful. And yeah, like you said, it could look different for everyone, but sometimes it's nice to just hear what someone else is doing to get an idea of like, oh, okay, yeah, I could do that. And that might help me, you know? Right. There's so many factors that play into it too with just your season. So asking yourself kind of what is my current season? What is my personality? What are my preferences? And then kind of, and even what are my time constraints? And then figuring out how do you relate to God and others and how do you want to structure your quiet time? I think that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Cause you've also done some study on like Enneagram or just personality types too, right? Yep. Yes. I love yeah. the Enneagram. <laughs> that's so awesome. And like, did you write a book on that or like there was some resource that you have like on Enneagram type seven, right? Yeah. So I used to run an Instagram page for Enneagram sevens and then that was through Enneagram life is her Instagram. Okay. She, it's Elizabeth Bennett. She's amazing. So she released a devotional book for each Enneagram type. And so I wrote 20 of the devos that went into the Enneagram seven book. So oh, I am cool. basically like the Enneagram seven poster child. <laughs> I like to <laughs> yeah. joke because I'm like literally anything you read about an Enneagram seven, it is true of me. So <laughs> that's so funny. I know some people really resonate with that and some don't. I, I find because I'm an eight and my husband is a type three. We both every time we read something about our type, we're like, wow, this is like bang on it every time. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. Because even in light of that, like you would have that perspective of the different type of personalities and just how we're wired differently and how God created us differently and how important that is in context of doing your devotions or spending time with God. Like it's obviously if we're so unique and gifted in different areas and other areas of life, why would that not apply to how we connect with God? Yeah, absolutely. And my husband's an Enneagram three too. So I totally understand what that's like. Yes. The analytical, like, yes, very, very wise. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, just like one uh, last more practical question would just be, um, do you have any tips for specifically studying the Bible or like any tools? Um, Because that was something else women asked about was just like actual tools for studying the word and not just like reading it. Like you said, reading cover to cover is like not the best way to do it. Um, So like how, yeah, what have you found to be successful in that? Yeah. Um, I have a couple of just like general tips that I feel like I kind of keep in my back pocket as far as like, I just want to have these in my mind when I'm reading the word. And I think, um, yeah, there's kind of a time and place for like deeper study. So it's kind of like, you don't obviously have to implement this kind of thing every single day. Um, but I like to keep in mind first, like what kind of book is it? And I have heard someone say to think of the Bible more of 
more as a library rather than a book. So even mm-hmm. though it is like one book, it's actually lots of books. And so it's and easier. Different books. <laughs> yeah, very different books. So yeah. it's good to think of it as a library and think of yourself kind of pulling a book off of a shelf. So if I'm reading mm-hmm. Esther, I'm going to read that very different than Matthew. So mm-hmm. um, just keeping in mind, you know, what book is this? Is it a poetry book? Is this a story? Is it more narrative? Is it history? And then reading mm-hmm. the book through that lens, I think is really helpful. Mm-hmm. I also think looking up historical context can be really helpful. I love mm-hmm. to kind of know where are we at in the story and yeah. having just a general idea of the full kind of timeline of the Bible, I think is really helpful being able mm-hmm. to know, you know, what part of the story are we at right now? Like, are yeah. we at the fall or are we at like, post Jesus, because that's pretty different Mm -hmm. well when you're reading the word. Um, And then with like actually studying words, I think that's really cool. So if a specific word is jumping out at you, you can do some research. There's lots of free resources online for the Mm -hmm. Old Testament. You're wanting to look at the Hebrew words for the New Testament for Greek words, um, and then kind of looking into the meanings of those. And I think words have so much power, but they also come with some baggage. So mm-hmm. the way that I read a word might come with some baggage of my understanding based on my current mm-hmm. like cultural context and based on yeah. how I've used that word. So I think it's interesting to kind of know what was the word and what did it mean in the original context? And, mm-hmm. you know, when it was written to that original audience, what would they have thought that meant? Mm-hmm. Um, and then reading the same passage, like we said, in multiple translations, because again, words are so powerful, but they also have mm-hmm. baggage. So maybe it'll hit a little bit different if you're reading it and it happens to be a different translation. Um, and then I like to keep in mind who the book was written to. So, um, Mm -hmm. obviously the Bible was like God's gift to us and I Mm -hmm. love that so much, but I also wasn't the intended original reader. So, um, thinking about, you know, who was actually the original audience and what would their understanding of this be? And Mm -hmm. then I also love to just always ask myself, this is the question that has helped me so much in understanding the Bible, but just where do you see Jesus in the passage? So mm-hmm. I love asking that in the Old Testament because when I see like suffering or things that are hard, I ask myself, you know, where do you see Jesus in this? And that always helps me to kind of understand what part of the story, like the full Bible story we're at. And then, you know, where's the person of Jesus in this? And sometimes you'll read a passage and be like, oh, wow, like I'm just so grateful that Jesus came and died for me because this is what things looked like before him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. That's awesome. And just like referencing resources, do you like, are there some different resources or places you like or that you could send people um, if they want to do some of their own research, whether it be on studying the Bible, but also different like meditative practices or or just different tools in general, do you recommend any specific resources that they could find that kind of stuff at? Yeah. I mean, I do love Bible Gateway. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. what I use the most just because I am so familiar with it. Um, I love, they have tools to do like a word search. So you can search a specific word. I think that's super interesting too, to do like an advanced search on like the word disciple and like, how is it Mm -hmm. used and how many times is it used? Um, Things Mm -hmm. like that. And Looking at the Greek and Hebrew words, there's lots of different like free ones. So it's kind of just your preference as far as which one you're finding. Or if you want to use an actual physical study Bible, I think that's helpful too, to be able to read like Mm -hmm. the context of 
yeah. when like the whole book, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> or certain things like that. I think those are really helpful. And I love having like a good, a good study Bible on hand, but yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. use Bible gateway the most just because I'm mm-hmm. most familiar with it. And they do have, um, the whole scripture engagement section too. Mm-hmm. So that walks through all the different practices and they actually, I think they still have a part that's actually like how to implement things in small groups and stuff too. So that's a really helpful oh, cool. tool. Yeah. yeah. And like, we didn't even get into like super deep meditative practices, but on there you can yeah. find ones that'll like walk you through it, like step-by-step. Step. Like this is what this mm-hmm. would look like for an individual or for a small group. Oh, that's awesome. That's so good to know. Yeah. I've, I'm not super familiar with Bible gateway other than the fact that like I use it a lot when I'm online searching for scripture or different things. So I didn't even know it had all of that like type of resources. So that's amazing to know, <laughs> just to know that that's available to us. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was kind of all I had for just kind of picking your brain and getting some different tools and practices and the heart and all of that. And so I love that. But do you have anything you'd like to add um, or anything like on your heart before we kind of close out this episode? Oh, such a good question. <laughs> I'm like, what is on my heart? Um, I just think I would say that like you have everything you need like to whoever's listening, like you have everything you need. And if this felt overwhelming or anything, like you don't even need any tool other than the Holy Spirit. And so you have everything you need and you're completely capable and completely ready to encounter God right now. And I think he's always ready and he's always present and available to us. Like we have full access Mm -hmm. to him, which is such a beautiful thing. That's the most amazing thing. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just, use it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, that's so good. I love leaving them with that advice because it's so true. Like everything that we need is found in him and his Holy Spirit is available to us. And uh, yeah, it's so important to keep that in mind because we can get really into structure. Um, We can like, I feel like we can as, as humans, like err on one side or the other all the time and we can bounce back and forth. We can be extreme, you know? And so it's important to keep everything in light of those things. Um, but thanks so much, Molly. This was so helpful for just uh, imparting some wisdom and direction in this. And I think, um, yeah, like I hope for those of you listening that this is going to be helpful. It's going to give you somewhere to start or somewhere to just like launch you further in your walk with God. That's our heart, both mine and I know Molly's too, just to to see you empowered to walk out your your growth with God and and your relationship with Him. So that's kind of our prayer for this episode, but thank you so much, Molly, for sharing and for um, being with us today. We loved having you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Okay. And for those of you listening, thank you for tuning in and we will be uh, continuing back with more content from different guests and myself and all of that. So uh, we are excited to continue to connect with you. Thanks for hanging out today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I also want to let you know that I've written an ebook called Refreshing Your Prayer Life. This is a tool that I'd love for you to have access to. You can download this free ebook by following the link in the episode notes below. Let's chat again soon.